Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you. Stay tuned once again for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. You know, there's a lot of things we could talk about today. There's so many things that are newsworthy. If you really want to dwell on bad news, it's everywhere you look, every which way that you turn. But if you want to find good news to give you hope, to give you consolation, to give you comfort in the troubled days, troubled times that we live in, you have to go to God's Word. And God's Word reveals not only a plan of salvation by which we can be saved and have the full assurance that after this life is over, heaven is going to be our home. But God's plan for those who have been saved, His purpose in our life, and how He will use even the hardest of times, even the most negative of events in our life, to move us in the direction of this holy will and purpose. We're going to be talking just a few moments about being transformed Transformed by the Spirit. Transformed by the Spirit. This work of God, this unique work that God and God alone can do in our life. And I pray that if you're not a Christian, you will stay tuned today and discover with us the hope that we have in Jesus Christ and discover that you don't have to change yourself. All you have to do is change your mind about the road you're on that's called repentance, turning from from darkness to light, from Satan to Christ, amen, and putting your trust in the Lord, repenting of your sin and, and our sin, and we put our trust in Christ as our Savior, and we release God's Holy Spirit to go to work in our life. You know, the Bible said, I'm going to say it once again, I said it last week, it's God that worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. But for God to do that great work that only God can do, He needs our full surrender, and He needs our absolute trust. And that's what we want to, to build into our lives today uh, as we study the Scripture. The transformation comes by the Spirit of God and by the Spirit of God alone. But we need to be... Uh, uh, have an understanding of that process and be in full cooperation with God for that to occur today. So please stay tuned as we uh, read today from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 on the subject transformed by the Spirit. I want to stop right here and say if you enjoy this broadcast, if it's a blessing to you and you would like to come to our website and see our statement of faith, uh, uh, listen to any past broadcasts that you have missed, uh, any sermons that you would like to take the time to hear, uh, we would invite you to come. There are no strings attached. Just type in THCOG or type in Pastor Robert Venable, V as in Victor, E-N-A-B-L-E. Uh, and it will take you to our website, the Holy Church of God Incorporated, here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates. Uh, and uh, we would be glad to have you to come. Uh, everything is free. There are no charges for anything on our website. And we would welcome you to come. And if you feel it would be a blessing to someone else, and this station would be a blessing, tell them that they can listen. 
If they're connected to the World Wide Web by computer, by just typing in the call letters of the station, uh, WMAF Radio, take you to their homepage and uh, their, uh, the programming you're hearing right there in Madison and North Florida and South Georgia, they can hear anywhere in the United States anywhere in the world. Praise God. So we're glad that you're part of our listening family today. We're certainly glad to be part of the broadcast family right here on WMAF. Now, if you have your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, transformed by the Spirit. There's a vital truth, and I want to say this again, that keeps reoccurring in Scripture, and it's this. God wants every one of His children to become progressively more like Jesus. Said it last week, reiterated this week. The prize of the high calling that Paul was talking about when he said, forgetting the things that are behind, reaching forth to the things that are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. I want to submit to you that I do not believe the prize of the high calling is just escaping hell and gaining heaven. The prize of the there's a higher calling than just as important and vital and sobering that thought is where you're going to spend eternity. Where you spend eternity is the byproduct of a higher calling. And the higher calling is that we God wants us to become just like Jesus. Jesus, therefore, is the man that God wants every man to be like. And if you're a woman, the characteristics of him are the characteristics he wants to reproduce in you. It's not a male gender thing or a female gender thing. It's a spiritual thing. God wants to reproduce the character of His Son in every one of us. And that character is called the fruit or the product of the Holy Spirit. When we go through the fruit of the Spirit, we are reproducing the character of Christ. It's not just goodness in general, it's His goodness. It's not just peace in general, but His peace. It's not just joy in general, but His joy reproduced in us, His meekness, His kindness, His character reproduced in the believer. And therefore, everything in life, God uses it, the good, the bad, the ugly, to move us toward that purpose. So we we just want to, to read verse 18 as we begin this study again. It says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. And we went from that verse to this verse, and we want to really get a hold of this this week. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. When we read verse 28, we need to be very specific and understand that without verse 29, verse 28 is not going to be a comfort to us. We're not going to know what we need to know. And therefore, we can't go through the trials that everyone is going to go through. No one is going to be exempt from trials and tests. Jesus said it plainly. In this world, 
this fallen world, even as Christians, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In fact, not only has he overcome it, but he's able to use the negative things in this world that will surely touch us in one way or another to bring us into more of his eternal purpose for our life. Listen to what it says in verse 28. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to his purpose. And verse 29 reveals his purpose for every child of God. Listen, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. This is what we have to know when we pray a prayer for deliverance, and God takes us through and delivers us from the desired result of that trial in the sense that He uses the trial, the pressure that it brings to our life, and grants us sufficient grace that we might come through that and be more like Christ on the other side and, and less like our old failing flesh self more like His Son, and, and, and less like uh, our own weak self. He strengthens us when He brings us through things, not taking us from things. I want to say that again. He strengthens us when He brings us through things, not when He delivers us from everything. I heard about a boy in the bubble, a true story, a medical, that he had so many uh, uh, immune deficiencies that, that he couldn't breathe the air we breathed. He couldn't be exposed to the atmosphere that we're exposed to. He had to live in a, in a, uh, an encasement, a bubble of plexiglass or whatever it was because he couldn't live in any other environment because of such a compromised immune system. It's our immune system that is built up by going through some things, by experiencing some things. It's having the measles that makes you make gives you a buffer against the measles. It's having had chicken pox that gives you an immunity to chicken pox. It's going through trials uh, and finding his God's grace to be indeed sufficient. God's faithfulness to be there to help us when we cannot help ourselves. In fact, it's when we become weak, the Bible said, in terms of what we can handle, what we can take, what we can, we can endure. When we become weak and we look to Him exclusively, at that point, we become truly strong. Praise God. Amen. And so this understanding what God is going to accomplish in spite of the negative things that we will certainly encounter in this fallen world, knowing that God can take it all and He can use it all to bring us into His eternal purpose, which is what? To make us more like His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And therefore, when the trials come, we know 
that it's all going to work together for good in the end. (laughs) It may not seem good, and it may not be good at the moment, but it will bring good if we keep our trust in the Lord. And you know, in order to surrender to His will and eternal purpose, you have to love Him. It's to them that love the Lord, not just those that have come to the Lord, but those that have developed a love relationship. And love brings a trust. If I love someone, I can truly trust them. And if I know how much they love me. You see, the enemy of your soul and mine wants us to question God and doubt God and distrust God, the one whom we need to trust in in those times. Uh, When a prayer is not immediately answered or something occurs in our life that is so very painful, how could a loving God allow this to happen? Satan will shout in your ear, friend of mine, God is on the throne. And God is in control. And we've got to know that. That has to be a settled truth. We've got to know that He loves us no matter what occurs. You know, Paul said he listed all the things that he went through in, in, in the New Testament, in his personal walk, in his personal life, the persecutions. And he said, I'm persuaded that there is nothing, nothing present, nothing that's ever going to come, powers or principalities or angels or life or death or circumstances. There is nothing that will ever separate me from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. Praise God. You could not cause Paul to doubt that God loved him. And you could not cause Paul, therefore, to quit loving God enough to stay surrendered to his will and his purpose in his life. He had peace in the midst of his storms. He didn't have the peace that comes by being delivered from every storm of life. You see, this is so vitally important to know. It's so so vivid in the Word of God. Paul said, "You know, I fell among thieves." He said, "I was, I was, I was in threat of sword. I was given thirty-nine stripes of the Jews on five occasions. I was beaten three times with rods. I was shipwrecked three times." Ah, but he said these light afflictions. <laughs> this is amazing what he went through and called them light afflictions. The way that he, he, he looked back upon all of that and he looked at all of that. For these light afflictions, he said, which are but for a moment. You see, in light of eternity and in light of the eternal work of God that was occurring within him, he said these afflictions that seem so overwhelming are really light afflictions when we compare it to the glory that's going to be revealed in us on that day. You know, friend of mine, sometimes in order to get through the trials and the tests of this day, we have to look beyond this day to that day that is coming. That day when, as the song says, we were, we are, we will lay uh, our, our, we are lay our burdens down and take up our robe and crown and walk those holy streets with our Lord. That old camp meeting song, praise God. A day is coming. A day is coming. And in order to get through this day, 
If it's one of those painful, pressurized, heart-rending, heart-breaking days, we need to look past it to that day that is surely coming. That's what Job did when he went through all of the painful pressures of, of his trial and test that he was under. <laughs> he looked past the day he was in and said, I see a day coming. Hallelujah. I know my Redeemer lives. <laughs> and though the skin worms eat my, the flesh from my bones, when He comes on that day, when He comes, I'm going to stand up with Him when He stands up on this earth. In my flesh, I'm going to see the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it turned everything around when He looked past this day to that day. And Paul understood this great truth and another great truth that everything that was touching his life, like Joseph of old said it, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So God took what was meant for evil, subdued it to his own purpose in Joseph's life and brought good out of it. And Joseph had to know that to get through it. Praise God. And we have to know it to get through things in our life. That's why verse 28 says of Romans 8, And we know this. We know that all things work together for good. They may not be good or seem good at the moment, but they work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. And we need to know His purpose is to make us more like His Son. Now, a friend of mine, I, I, I have been through many trials. The longer I live, the more I go through. And the more I go through, the more I depend on God's grace, God's mercy, God's strength. Not just to deliver me from that trial, but deliver me from the intended result of that trial. You see, Satan's intention in his persecutions and in him, him coming against us with such anger and angst is to get us to doubt God's love. And because we doubt His love for us, we begin to wane in our love for Him. Oh, He wants to break that very powerful circle that God loves us and we love Him back. And, and, and as Paul put it, there's nothing. There's nothing present. There's nothing that can ever come that will separate me from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. That's what the intent of that trial, that test, that pressure, that heartache, heartbreak, that disappointment, that discouragement, that disillusionment. It's all designed to break that perfect circle. We love Him because He first loved us. And it's receiving and not doubting His love for us that causes us to reciprocate and love Him back. And that circle is unbroken as long as we understand that a trial doesn't mean God doesn't love you anymore or He doesn't love you enough. Uh, the devil will say, well, if he loved you, he wouldn't allow you to go through this. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Because he promises, if you go through anything, if I'm allowed to go through anything, he promises, I'm going through it 
with you. Hallelujah. I will never, and it's in the emphatic when Christ says that, I will never, no never, leave you nor forsake you. I will go with you all the way and to the end of the age. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. The Old Testament is very clear about that. It doesn't say if you go through the waters, if you go through the fires. He said when you go through the waters, they will not overflow you, for I am with you. And when you go through the fire, it shall not kindle upon you, for I am with you. He didn't promise deliverance from every test and trial and persecution and pressure. He did promise His presence when we go through these things. And something else He promised. He promised to bring good in the end result in spite of the bad intentions. And that's why Joseph said to those around him that sold him into slavery, sold him out, you meant it for evil. (laughs) But God meant it for good. And God took everything, all of the negative events that befell him as a man blessed of God, as a man who had God and his father's pleasure. And, and you know what? God took it all and used it to bring him into a position to help Israel in the time of famine. And he had to know, he had to know that God's love was intact and God's purpose was undefeatable. Somehow, God would bring good out of the intended evil. And because he kept his faith, kept his trust in God, God was able to prove it to him. And God's able to prove it to you as he's proven it to me time and time again. If you will just hold on just a little little while longer and let let patience have her perfect work that we may be perfect and entire wanting nothing wait upon the Lord for they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength they will mount up with wings as eagles Isaiah said they will walk and not faint they will run and not be weary they will walk and not faint we know We know that all things are working together for good. If that circle of love is unbroken, don't let the devil tell you for one minute that because you are experiencing pressure or pain in a trial that God doesn't love you. And don't quit loving God enough to say, Lord, I don't understand this, but my trust is in you. I don't know how or when this this storm is going to break and the sun is going to shine again, but I know behind those dark, threatening, foreboding clouds, the sun is still shining. And the storm will blow out and pass over, but the sun will never stop shining. You know, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that said the sun of righteousness shall arise in your heart with healing in his wings, with healing in his wings. Now, I'm not a student of medicine, but I've heard this, that it's a medical fact, that if you break an arm or a leg, 
when it mends, when they put it in a cask and set it, and when it knits back together, because that break has occurred, when it knits back together, it will be stronger where it broke than in the rest of the part of it that never broke. It will actually grow stronger growing back together uh, to mend the break than before the break occurred. God has built that kind of healing into our physical body. And in our spiritual life, the same principle will occur. If you will trust God to take you through and to bring you out, you will not come out weakened. You will come out strengthened. Your faith will not come out shaken. Your faith will come out solidified. You will know the faithfulness of God. You will know through personal experience the the the, the strength of His grace, the place of His grace, the power of His grace the sufficiency of His grace in your life. And you will be more dependent on His grace than you are your own strength to overcome and cope and stand on that mountaintop and declare victory. You'll be standing on the mountaintop. You'll be declaring victory. But you will give God all the credit. You will give Christ all the glory. You will will give grace uh, that that underlying grace that that pulls you through and put you over and brought you up, amen, the credit that is do it, hallelujah, and you'll be far more dependent on God's sufficient grace than just His power to deliver in every circumstance and situation. If God has delivered you some from thing, from something, uh, thank God for it and rejoice in it. But if God chooses because He wants to make you and mold you more like His Son and to perfect your faith to where your trust is not in yourself but in Him exclusively. And, and, and if He wants his, his strength to show up in you, He said His strength is perfected in our weakness. Or as one paraphrase says, My strength shows up best. In weak people. <laughs> you know, we look at people that are so anointed and so powerfully used of God, and we think, oh, they are so strong. Well, they are in Him, but not in themselves. That's why the Scripture said in Ephesians 6 and verse 10, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, had said to him, so he could say, when I am weak, am I made strong? When God told him, my grace, that you're experiencing, aren't you? Yes, he was. My grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is perfected in weakness. When you sense that weakness, you lean on me and look to me. Hallelujah. Not just to take you from everything, but to take you through it and give you victory and and accomplish a work within you that if you hadn't went through that trial could have never been accomplished within you. Friend, I don't know what you're going through today, but I know one thing through personal experience and the declaration of truth in the Scripture. His grace is sufficient for that trial and that test. And His grace is available to you and flows from His heart of love 
right at this very moment. Hallelujah. God will not abandon you when you are broken or when when your faith shakes and wavers. He will not quit you. He will not abandon you. He will not draw back from you. In fact, He will draw very near to you. When you go through the fire, and you will, and I will, it will not kindle on you because He's with you. And when you go through the waters, they will not overflow you because He said, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you all the way, even unto the end of the age. Friend of mine, we're not there yet. And I don't know how long it will be until we get there. But I know one thing. His promise is a promise that He will never fail to keep. He will grant you grace sufficient. And He will go with you all the way. Through every situation, every circumstance of life. Don't ever let the devil tell you that God has forsaken you. That God has abandoned you. That Christ isn't right there with you in that fiery furnace of trial and test today. When God brings you through, not if, but when He brings you through and He will, you will be stronger and not weaker, better and not bitter. You will know His love more personally and intimately. As Paul said, Oh, that I might know Him. In the fellowship of His sufferings, that I might also know Him in the power of His resurrection. I'm telling you, God is going to bring you through and you're going to know power, strength, and grace that is beyond any human understanding or endurance that that God and only God can and will grant and give. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.